Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 19th of July. It is Friday. It's the weekend. Yay! It's the middle of summer now, but actually not really here. It gets hot for a week, and we're back to a little bit chilly. I feel I feel bad for the people who are coming to go to the beaches in California because the beaches are cold. I mean, just flat out cold. You could be in your swimsuit, but you're going to be cold. It's it's crazy. And then, like the middle of the afternoon, the sun will come out and kind of warm it up a little bit. But hmm, that's all I've got to say. It's uh, questionable at best. But welcome, and let's see what our questions are today. I got a lot of them. Susan Ulrich put a question on the radio page on Facebook, and she said, transitioning question, transitioning from negative thinking to positive thinking while still in the middle, how do we keep our balance? And I thought, we're doing that all day long. That's, that's life right there. We see something, it's negative. We have to deal with it or we can choose not to depending on how close we are to the situation. And there isn't that we're always in the middle of that. What's what's really true is that we have to learn to decide and discern as we get older, where do we want to stay? Which side of the fence do we want to be on? And the best way I can describe that is, let me say we're starting a day. You're starting a day. You wake up. You know that you have to do certain things. And let's say you don't do them right away. You put it off. So now you're starting to feel a pinch like, God, I got to get to that. I really don't feel like doing that. Let me do this first, whatever this is. Just This is an example. I'm not saying that you are doing this. And then you wait, wait, wait until the end of the day. Well, in the middle of all of that, while you are putting off what you need to do, your brain kind of has that energy going on. And we tend to find thoughts that we have, situations that we've had in life, people that we've met that we didn't feel like, you know, helped us, maybe hurt us. And we start going down that road. As we go down that road, we aren't really very positive, even to ourselves. Because now we're thinking of everything that didn't work instead of did. And it all started because something else got put off. So we already felt like we weren't our best. And again, I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm just giving an example. Or let's say you and a friend have a disagreement. Then you start thinking about all the other disagreements you've had. Or like a guy asks the girl for a date and she doesn't answer him. 
right away because he thinks she's going to be so excited she's going to answer him right away, and she doesn't. And he starts thinking of all the times that someone said no to him. So part of staying positive isn't about being so over-the-top positive all the time, like, welcome, positive world, bring me something good. That's not what it is. Being positive is having the wherewithal in your days to do what you need to do because it makes you feel productive, which makes you feel positive. Even if you had a day off and you watched three movies in a row or you went for a long walk on that day off, you had nothing to do, but you did things that made you feel good without having a bunch of other stuff looming over your head that needs to get done where you feel like, gosh, I I can't even get myself to do things to take care of myself. And a lot of people say, well, I am taking care of myself. Look them up. And I'm like, yes, it's, it's not about bouncing off the walls. Being positive is a very... It's a, it's a knowing. It's like you know, okay, I can choose which way to go because we're not always negative either. So the balance is understanding that there's two ways you can go always. And it's about choices along the way. And as time goes on and you really get used to that, You start choosing the better outcome because positive comes out in your behavior, not in your language. You don't, well, it does in your language, but in a different way. But in behaviors, in language, I mean, you don't go, oh, I'm positive, and then you're positive. But it's a confidence of knowing that we're okay, that we can take care of whatever comes to us. That when something we don't like comes to us, we're going to do our best. So how do we keep that balance? Probably the answer, the best answer for you is knowing that whatever comes your way, you can deal with. And you can take care of it. That is such a relief. Because you can say, hey, you know what? I know that I'm going to have some kind of -of tug-of-war thought. Like this weird thought's going to come into my head. And I'm going to be like, where the heck did that come from? That's exactly your question. Where did that come from? That's not even my thought. That doesn't even have permission to be in me. So go away. And it may come back, and it may come back. And then you may say, well, wait a minute. Why does that thought keep coming back? Do I need to look at it? Or do I need to kick it out? If you need to look at it, look at it. And if you don't, kick it out. There isn't a chart that says, okay, this is negative. Because what's negative to you might not be to me. Or this is positive. Same thing. What's positive to me might not be to you. It just might not be. We're always all in the middle. 
because something's going to come to us and challenge us, and that's how we find our balance is by just telling ourselves, you know what, I can handle it, instead of freaking out and saying everything is bad or I'm so scared because everything is negative. Everything that comes my way is negative, and I hear it a lot. And then as I probe, I find that one moment of that, that feeling in them that they can grow from and build a positive feeling towards themselves enough to do the things that they feel make them feel good. And a lot of it is in the small stuff, taking care of your business, not giving up. Not letting the negative feelings run the show. It's not like you're fighting up a mountain. You just say, hey, you know what? This is not serving me well. Why am I thinking this? Do I really want to sabotage this day and fulfill my my story that nothing works out? That everybody's bad to me? Nobody takes care of me? Nobody cares about me? It starts with you caring about you. And people say, yeah, but I do. I say, do you beat yourself up mentally? Because that's the one, that's the one way we can care about ourselves. It's not doing that. Not allowing ourselves to go down that road that takes us to just greater aggravation, greater anxiety, greater feelings that take away from us. Sometimes I get that flighty little anxious feeling because I'm so busy and I know I'm going to have so much to do when I wake up. And then I say, but I love it. And I love today. I don't want to feel anxious about something I'm excited about in that way. And when I talk like that to myself, I can't wait till we get to that point today. That kind of talk, even when I just said it, made me feel calm. Think about that. Think about it. Train your brain. I, I can't take violent movies. Not because I'm a prude and I can't see violence. There's violence around us all day long. Why should I put it in my head and be shown how over and over again in a movie? Does it really have to show how they exactly killed someone with blood and eyes open and all that business? Do they really have to do that? Oh, for that movie they did. But I have a choice. I could keep watching it and watching it and feeling bad. Or I can choose not to, and I chose not to. And when I chose not to, what happened? No longer bothered me. It's about choices. It's about making sure that you are doing your stuff, doing the things that you need to do. 
I just made a choice right now. I'm doing the show. I had a friend request because I don't know all of the people. I just checked them out. I made sure they've kind of been around and they're not like a scam or what do they call those, like a fake page. But if within 10 minutes they're already like thinking it's a dating site, I just click a thing that says ignore their messages and I never see the messages again. I don't even answer them because I knew where it's going. It's like boring. It's like, okay, that's what people do. But that's not what I'm here for. So gone. They don't know me. They don't care. They're throwing spaghetti on the wall. Or I could get caught up in it and I can say, oh, everybody's doing that. Oh, everybody's trying to date me. That's not true. They don't care if they date me or whoever answers them back. So just being realistic. I talked to someone who does answer all those people. And to her, she's like, oh, you know, all the guys on Facebook. And I'm like, what guys on Facebook? You answer those? Jeez, they did a 2020 special on people from a certain country who are predatory because they want to get out. And if you're going to listen, yeah, you're going to have problems. And look, you do. all about choices to really think talk to yourself instead of waking up and going oh nothing's going to work out today oh nothing has worked out for me this never happens just remind yourself that hey I'm here today I really do want it to be a good day I really am going to enjoy facing whatever comes my way That's where positive lives. I hope that answered your question. I have another question from Christopher, and he says, Hello, Nadia, question. If we look closely, we find strong elements of self-importance in everything we think, say, and do. How can I feel good? What will others think? What will I gain? What will I lose? These questions are all rooted in our self-importance. Even our feeling of our measuring up to who we think we should be is a form of self-importance. How can we reduce our attitude of self-importance and make room for the truth? Thanks, Christopher. Well, first of all, self-importance is not a bad thing unless we think we're better than everybody. We have to think that we are important to ourselves to some level, or we're not going to take care of ourselves. Like, my life is important to me. I want to do my best in my life. It's what we're saying. But if, if there is an element of self-importance in everything we think, say, and do, that's why we're doing it. How can I feel good? What will, me, what will make me feel better or good or great? When we start getting into what others think, now we're stepping a little bit away from ourselves because others will think what we think about us. So if we think we're trying to pull one over on them, we're going to look like we're pulling one over on them. But if we do assessments like 
what will I gain and what will I lose, you're basically doing like this balancing act. You know, should I do this? Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? What am I getting back from it? Is it, is it what I want back from it? Because there might be something you do that brings you more grief, more stuff to deal with. But if we get so myopic, that we're talking about our feeling of measuring up to who we think we should be is a form of self-importance. It's, it's this whole question, it, it's assuming that we are contrived and that we are, you know, walking around kind of narcissistically, like, well, I'm so important and nobody else is, and that being important isn't something that's truth. Make room for the truth. How do we reduce our self-importance and make room for the truth? You know, I think the way I look at my life, my work is important to me. Does that mean I'm self-important? I don't know. I don't know what self-important means. Maybe you're talking about the ego. Well, the ego is going to take you away from truth. And how do you make room from truth for truth is to do what we were just talking about. It seems to be the question of the day. I have questions like how is injured love already love? Because it's love and then it got injured. How do we get away from feeling like we're more important than others? Is realizing that we are them. Hey, everyone else wants to be important too. I actually think that while I'm talking to someone. Like, hey, you know, they woke up, they got to me in this state, and in this time, they're asking me this question, or we're having this conversation, and it means something to them. They may not even care what it means in the beginning, but I know in my heart that I don't want them to feel like they've come to me or we've wasted our time, both of us, collectively. But how can we reduce our attitude of self-importance? I I really want you to hear this sentence. How can we reduce our attitude of self-importance and make room for the truth? It's so assumptive that we think everyone's walking around thinking they're self-important. And that's actually not true. Because I talk to a lot of people and I try to instill in them that they are important. That they, their lives do mean something. And another question right above you, right above the one on the page, if it is about injured love, why are we here? Well, we're here to learn to heal, to grow our souls, to go back enriched with the experience of being on earth by making decisions through our free will. That is my answer to why are we here. If we didn't have a sense of being important at some level, we couldn't function because what would keep us here? we didn't feel our lives mattered. Again, if you're assuming it from like the narcissistic point of view, that's actually a mental disorder. 
And then we have for the average feeling person, the person who is coming from love, not from lack of love, and just learning how to balance themselves, like the question we had between negative and positive. We're fighting every day to make room for the truth. That's the whole point of us being here. How do we find that truth? Because the truth does rest us. It sets us free. I love that. I say it so many times. I even said it last night in a conversation. The truth will set you free. You may be scared of the answer, but the answer will set you free. But I don't want people to reduce their attitude of self-importance. Maybe of thinking they're better than others, but we need to keep a sense of importance up or we're not going to do anything. And you can feel important and be the truth. If I didn't think my work was important, I wouldn't need to be here every day. But I know it is. Not because I'm arrogant or because I'm thinking so highly of myself. It's because I actually learned from Christ. And because I learned from him and I thought, gosh, I thought I could never know that while I was alive on earth. And then I knew it and I'm like, holy cow, I couldn't wait to share it. And I was sharing it with people who were looking at me going, don't tell anybody that. Don't say that. And instead of letting them discourage me because I knew how important this information was, I realized I needed to find the people who cared about this information too. Because Christ told me, you will start with those who know. Then you'll talk to those. They will tell those who don't know, and they will tell those who don't want to know. So I'd be like, oh, they're not the people that know. I got to find the people that know. And I did. And when I found the people that knew, it made room for me to speak that truth. All of these questions go back to belief. Having faith. Not only in ourselves, but in each other. I may not be able to live with everyone or feel the exact same about everyone on a personal level because I can't know everybody. But it doesn't mean that I don't have a respect for their importance, for their souls for who they are, because I do. That had me go through loops in balancing Susan's question about how do you keep the balance between negative thinking to positive thinking, because what I didn't know is that when you do feel that for people, you're wide open, and stuff comes at you that you're like, hey, I'm helping them, what the heck? And that's when I learned, that's when I learned to pay attention, not only to what I'm saying, 
but to what's being said back. And I understood that I couldn't be everybody's mother, although I wanted to be. I couldn't take care of each individual person because they would just suck the life out of me because they wanted me to fix them and they didn't want to do it themselves. So then I had to think, Christ, how do I teach them to do it themselves? Because you made me do it myself. And all he said was to teach them what I was taught. Because it lends itself to us doing it ourselves. If we're at the point of what do others think, if I had to think about every single thing uh, thing other people thought, I would never post anything. There's a guy that like swore at me on my own page. I can't even remember what the post was. And And I thought to myself, gosh, that's what he swore at me for? How about the other posts that are a lot more aggressive than that one? And he unfriended me and he made his statements and did his whole thing. And I hid his comments and blocked him because I didn't even want him to see my page. Because I didn't want that energy around me. I made a choice. I wasn't upset at all, actually. I thought it was funny. But I also, also did not want that energy around me. I wished him well. I said a prayer and I sent him on his way. And I know that whatever angered him in that post, he will find the answer to. And I hope that he does. And there's other ways to find me other than Facebook. But if that day ever comes, which it probably won't. But if it does, I'm there. But I have a choice every single day to decide what I allow and what I don't to get into my brain. So I have a question from Liam in the chat. And he said, I know we can all grow and develop in life, but what if we worked really, really hard? Could we evolve to the level of Christ? My question is, because people ask me that, why do you want to? What is the level of Christ? It isn't a higher level than any of us are. It's just a different perspective. I don't feel higher than anyone because of Christ or the level of Christ. The day I saw him was literally the first day I ever felt like everyone because I used to feel less than everyone. I didn't even know it until I felt like everyone. His presence made me feel loved. That's the level of Christ. And every single one of us is capable of feeling loved if we can just allow it. Because once we feel loved, we don't need to act out for love. We don't need to 
prove anything. We don't need, we get this calm, like, wow, I really am already loved. Like, really? Oh, that feels weird. That feels so weird. Like, I really am loved. Think about it, guys. It's, it's not about a level. We're not at this low level working our way up a ladder. Every single one of us, right, is the same. To Christ, to God, there is no soul more important than another. I even reposted that yesterday. As much as we've said it, I have to keep reminding us there is nobody better than anybody. You don't have to work really hard. What you have to do is accept love for yourself. Not give it to other people because you can't give it if you can't accept it because you don't understand what you're giving. You don't have to evolve to the level of Christ. Christ is like the most loving out of everything I've ever felt. And the most accepting, and it all goes back to acceptance of love for your soul. That's the most powerful, that is the biggest thing I have ever felt to this day. You guys, my time's already up. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you for your awesome questions and for this conversation I guess we needed to have today. And I'll see you Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.